Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. This time of year, when the sun ceases its fall and begins to rise again in the southern sky, is sacred to our people. We of European descent are all people of the north. Venice, Italy is further north than Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the fall and rise of the sun in our December skies has always meant much to us. Above my words in the text version of this broadcast is a haunting image of a stone circle built by our prehistoric kin near the very southern tip of Ireland over 3,000 years ago. It stands against a deep night sky filled with 10 million stars, the huge mute stones glowing with a faint redness, as if just touched by the sun's first dim rays on solstice morning. It is the Drombeg stone circle. Across large swaths of Europe, such stone structures still stand, part of what, what must have once been a much larger network of sacred sites. The Drombeg Circle is not even the oldest of them. It stands not far from the place in County Meath, Ireland, where our ancient kinsmen carved images of a solar eclipse into giant stones over five thousand years ago. On November 30, 3340 BCE, in fact, the oldest known record of a solar eclipse in all history, 5,356 years ago. These sites, of which Britain's Stonehenge is one, date back to long before even Homer spoke his mysterious epics of beauty and heroism into existence. As far in time before Aristotle, as Aristotle is before us. And these ancestors of ours were no primitives. The Drombeg Circle, like many of these prehistoric monuments, is aligned with the stars, the sun, and the cosmos itself. Its stones are so constructed as to point to a pass in the distant hills, the very point at which the setting sun disappears into the night, on the night of the winter solstice. We of the National Alliance and our awakened white kindred may seem to be few in number right now and spread far apart on the earth. But more important than our numbers is the growth in our numbers and the truth in our minds and our souls, the truth that will remake this world. Wherever two or more of us are gathered together in the name of our Creator on this holy solstice, let us join hands together right now. 
and celebrate our people's awakening and our people's rebirth. And even those of us who cannot be physically together, let us be spiritually together. Let us all join hands in spirit as I speak these words. Let us join hands with the men and women who wish to remain nameless, at least for today, but whose generosity in time and in wealth have made this website, this radio network, this intentional white community, and this national alliance possible. Let us join hands with the men and women who share their thoughts and ideas with us every day here on National Vanguard, who expand our minds and enhance our lives. Let us join hands with Will and Svetlana Williams, who are giving their all every single day with tremendous effort and tremendous sacrifice and tremendous risk implementing the program of William Pierce and the National Alliance to ensure the survival and progress of our people. Vanessa and I join hands with you now, with all of you, with every one of you. And as we join hands, let us remember the words that might well have been spoken around that stone circle three millennia before you were born, and around the hills of Athens after nightfall, where men of our race first limbed the heavens and mapped the stars. Words that might have gone something like this. We stand this cold night before the Creator, who set these stars and planets in motion, who set the earth and the sun and the seasons on their course, and who also brought us into being to see these things, to study these things, and in the fullness of time to understand these things and in understanding them to see worlds we have not yet seen, to understand ideas and principles we have not yet conceived of, to embark upon journeys we cannot yet imagine, and to become something new, something we cannot yet know, but something as far beyond man as man is beyond the midge that flits for a day above the mountain meadow and then is gone. And know, my friends, as our hands are joined together, that no other race but ours has thought in such terms. That no other race than ours has made such prodigious progress in bringing that future into being. That no other race than ours, no other race than the white race, 
which has produced more than 98% of the great advances in knowledge of our universe, can fulfill this mission. And know that the men and women of our race who fully understand that mission and its significance are the men and women of the National Alliance. As Frank Jamger wrote in his wonderful piece on the ancient celebrations of our people, quote, Yule, on December 21, is the great occasion, the winter solstice, on which the sun ceases its decline and gladly begins to rise again. It's the shortest day of the year, when the northern hemisphere is tilted farthest from the sun, and the sun's arc has reached its nadir, appearing very low in northern lands. But its rising heralds a new year of life and sustenance on earth. Most Yule traditions have origins where the decline of the sun is felt most keenly, as in Scandinavia. Scandinavian Yule traditions include its name, the Yule log, the decorated tree, the wreath, caroling, and Santa Claus. The Yule log, originally a full-sized log set in a longhouse, is set to burn and smolder for 12 days to add energy to the growing sun. A hardy evergreen tree is brought indoors and decorated with candles, nuts, berries, and other objects that symbolize light and life. Wreaths of evergreen, holly, and ivy are hung, shaped as circles representing the renewed cycle of life and the seasons. Caroling originated as wassailing, in which singers went from house to house, addressing their music to the dormant fruit trees to promote a good crop for the next season. The modern Santa Claus originated from the Norse gods, Odin or Thor, who flew across the northern skies in a chariot pulled by goats and visited homes through the chimney bearing gifts. In Celtic tradition, the god of the waning sun who ascended at midsummer, the Holly King, is vanquished and replaced on Yule by the god of the waxing sun, the Oak King. The outgoing Holly King is represented by a wreath of holly set at the door, while the incoming Oak King is represented by an oak Yule log brought indoors. The struggle between them is ritually reenacted. This interchanging of their lives represents the necessary cycle of decay and renewal. Yule is a time to celebrate the blessings we've received, our good fortune to enjoy another year of life. It's a time to strengthen the bonds of family and community through feasting, singing, and exchanging gifts a time to reflect on how we can improve our lives and relationships to enjoy the blessings of life in the coming year. Close quote. As I traditionally say in my solstice broadcast, Europe 
is a place of dramatic seasonal changes. And not coincidentally, so are many of the new homes that European man has staked out around the globe. And those seasonal changes were very important to our ancestors. They knew that they had to prepare for winter in summer's time of plenty, and any tribe which did not have the discipline or foresight to do so would perish, and its genes would no longer form part of our gene pool. Thus nature's hard lessons shaped us upbred us, turned us from beings that could hardly be called human into beings that can contemplate the infinities of space and time and ponder the meaning of life. The seasons of old Europe, in fact, if we do not lose ourselves through racial mixing in the modern frontierless world we have built for ourselves, have given us the power to strike out into a new frontier beyond this earth. Besides increasing the size of our frontal lobes, the climate of our little peninsula shaped our souls in many other ways, and among other things gave us a special feeling for the seasons, which marked every aspect of our lives. The riot of sex and life reborn in the spring, the glory and plenty of summer, the harvest labor's majesty and melancholy of autumn, and the bleak vastness and purity of winter. Our ancestors were observant people and learned early on to watch the skies for signs of the cycles of the earth. And while it was quite obvious that winter was the time of shorter days, what was not perhaps so immediately obvious except to the observant was that the southward passage of the sun ceased and then reversed itself right at the beginning of winter, giving a sign even before the coldest days began that the longer and warmer days of spring were indeed on their way. This seeming paradox must have appeared as an almost magical event, a promise of life embedded in the nature of time and the universe itself. As the retreating sun changed direction, it lost its apparent momentum and seemed to stand still in the sky, rising and setting at almost the same position for several days running, until it picked up speed going in the other apparent direction, back towards the north, making the days in our hemisphere longer again. This time of the sun standing still is called the winter solstice, solstice being a combination of the Latin words for sun and to stand motionless. Stonehenge was built on a British plain by one branch of our ancestors some four thousand years ago to mark the seasons by its alignment with the sun and other heavenly bodies. Another kindred people, the Greeks, knew the earth was spherical and marked the passages of the sun and thousands of stars in their charts long before the word Bible was ever uttered by a white man.
This age may seem dark indeed for our people, a cold, cold winter which threatens us with death. But at the cusp of winter is the solstice. The sun stands still and then turns our way again, a promise of spring, a promise of life and victory for our people. Everything depends on us. A future in which young white lovers will still love as only they can. Where white scientists will discover and explore new worlds of inner and outer space that we can't even imagine now. Where the laughter and bright faces of white children will still exist. A future in which new Beethovens and new Aristotles will still be born. Where the greatest heights we have reached in the past will only be foothills of the peaks and mountain vistas to come. That is the world we can build if only we give our all and ensure that every white person hears our message and that every expression of our message is as perfect as we can make it. As we join hands together in this solstice, let us remember we are also joining our hands with the heroes and heroines of our race who came before us and the heroes and heroines who are yet to come. Dr. William Pierce is one, one who never gave up. Our chairman, Will Williams, is one who never gives up. And those of you who are hearing my voice, the faithful and true ones who make everything we're doing possible, you are heroes and heroines also. For whatever has come, you never gave up. And this, really, is the meaning of the winter solstice, the real reason for the season to use everyday language. When the darkest days come, they are the harbinger of a new dawn. That is what we celebrate this time of year. <laughs>